do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 263. And what is Zen Parenting? It's a podcast. Why listen to it? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? Do you, sweetie? I do. All right. Very good. Uh, always remember our motto that the best predictor of a child's well-being is parents. Self-understanding. Very good. Uh, episode 263, I think I already said that. We're going to share four different stories as a result of us being parents. Yes. And we're going to do our best to connect the dots, and we think that we're going to be able to do that. I think they're very connectable. Um, quick just kind of update of where I am right now. Uh, my voice is a little parched. I don't know if that's the right word. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little parched because I'm thirsty. Are you thirsty? Um so I staffed a, man, a new warrior adventure training this weekend, and there was a lot of celebration and using your voice. Uh, so it's a little out of sorts. It's it's used up. So my apologies to you if I sound weird, but uh, or weirder than usual, I should say. But that's why. So um, so we're going to share four different stories. Uh, but you said you're going to be able to do events quickly so our audience can be informed yet at the same time jump in with the content as soon as quick. We need an events like bell or something. We need like a, give me a sound effect. We, <laughs> no. No? Like a good one. Like give me something and not just clapping. There's got to be something else on that jingle palette. Uh, let's see. That's it for you. No. No. What I'm gonna give you one more chance that if you, there's nothing good that I'm gonna just This is gonna in. be the one. I okay, got it. You ready? Like ready. <laughs> I'm gonna make these events less of a secret. Yeah. And share them now. No secret. No secrets. Um so very quickly, November tenth, Fitz's spare keys in Elmhurst, talking to your kids about sex. Todd and I are facilitating that night. It's at seven PM. You can go on our website, zenparentingradio.com, to register. Also, November 18th, the Hunting Ground documentary about sexual assault on college campuses, but it's about a lot more than that because it's about us talking to our children about themselves, about self-awareness, about sexuality, about consent. Don't wait till college. <laughs> Don't Question. Wait. Yes. Can people bring their kids to this movie screening? The recommendation is 15 years and older. Got it. So for my friends who, um, you know, our children are in uh, elementary school, two of them. For my friends who have kids in elementary school, I would suggest just parents. Don't bring your kids. If your kids are- Bring in, your partner, get a babysitter, hit Chipotle, Chipotle right, there you go. on the way in. Yes. And because uh, I remember I smuggled a quesadilla in. Hide your burrito. Hide the burrito. Pretend you're not eating a burrito. Do you remember when Frank was opening his burrito yeah, in so the movie? And it was a little loud. loud. Yes. Yeah, don't bring the bag. Undo the smuggled burrito into the movie theater. Do you think York Theater would appreciate that we're suggesting smuggling burritos? They will just like people being there ordering popcorn. Also get stuff. popcorn and something to drink. But anyway, that's at York Theater. Free November. refills on popcorn, by the way. Yes. I didn't know that. My friend Noreen taught me that. You know why we don't do it? Who wants to get up in the middle of a movie? To save a buck, I'm in. Well, then you can do that because I don't like to leave. November 18th, 7 p.m., Hunting Ground. Get your tickets. Make it a date night. We're going to have a good discussion afterwards. Todd and I will facilitate that. Finally, March 11th and 12th, that's our Let's Get Real conference. Do you have our Let's Get Real song? Let's get real, oh, real. Okay. All right. What is our song? I forget. Uh, remember the song that we played a couple weeks ago? No, that's why I'm asking. Um, Cheryl Lynn. <laughs> it sounds like a made up person. It's not. And that's the Let's Get Real conference. It is 
We've got a lot of tickets sold, and I'm going to tell you guys that uh, Shvali speaking. There it is. They don't say let's 70s, get real. She says it at the end. You just cut it off to mm, her. Like, sorry, Cheryl. Regardless, uh, Shivali's talking in the morning. As you guys know, if you wanted to attend her breakout, I recommend you get your ticket now because that breakout is almost full. Now we've got three other breakout speakers that are amazing. Yeah, one so who's super duper amazing. One is that would be Todd Adams. Yours truly we talking also, about the man. We also have Dr. Therese Rowley, who will be talking about uh, intuitive, sensitive children, parenting them, understanding them, and also Jen Weigel, who will be talking about staying spiritual in a cynical world. But sweetie, it's not even until March. Why would I want to sign up now? Is there any type of discount code? Ooh, you're right. I forgot about that. What is the discount code? Zen friend. Zen friend. No space. 10% off. That's right. And we only put a few in there. Yeah, and I there, think it's limited. Left. I, yeah, I think we I, we got maybe five left. I don't know. So that's it. November 10th, 18th, and March 11th and 12th. Um, our first partner is Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life. She's having a women wine and wellness evening on Thursday, November 12th. Um, the website is chirotree.com. Feel good on the inside, look good on the outside. Check it out on her website, chirotree.com. Dr. Kelly, she's amazing. She's a big supporter of our show. Thank you for doing that. All right, so we got four stories about three anonymous young ladies in our lives. <laughs> um, we have one uh, daughter who asked to miss a part of her school uh -huh. in order to be prepared for something else that was coming up during the school day. Correct. And how was that received when that request happened? So there's a lot of pieces to share about this first. When she was going to bed, I could tell she was anxious. Mm -hmm. And I was questioning her because it was like 10 o'clock. You know, are you okay? Is there something you're worried about? And she said, I'm a little overwhelmed about tomorrow. There's just a lot because it was had been a long weekend. Oh, yeah, it was a four-day weekend for her. And so I said, okay, I totally hear that. I said, don't worry about falling asleep. Just rest, you know, just don't, you know, let's, let's deal with it when it comes, whatever. So when she woke up in the morning and still felt anxious, that wasn't surprising to mm -hmm. me. When she said, I need to study, I need to get organized for today. I want to be late or not go to my morning um, commitment. First, right. I was confused because the day before we had allowed her to go to Great America, to Great America for the day. So my comment to her was, did you know that you had all this work? And she said, yes, but I didn't know how overwhelming it would feel. So then you said, sure. Right? Yeah. It wasn't well, that simple. No, actually I said, I can't make any promises. I need to talk to your mom. Okay. But yeah, maybe we'll let you miss this first period right. in order to get yourself ready. Right. And my historical baggage with that is... Is it baggage? No, my it, story Okay, is I when I was younger and I needed to study for a test, my mom would write me notes all the time. I'd say, Ma, I want to do well on this test. Will you write me a doctor's note for first period? And she would do it without a problem. You know, because I wanted to do well on the test. Like we didn't go through like, well, why didn't you study the night before? She would just do it. And I was very appreciative of that. Mm -hmm. So fast. Even though just in like integrity, it's not really truthful. It's lying. Right. It's lying. But it's for the greater good of me getting a good grade and studying for this test. If that's, that was the most important That's thing. how I justified it. Okay. Got it. So fast forward to me being a parent with my own daughter. And I was kind of like, yeah, no big deal. That was my reaction. I didn't say no big deal mm -hmm. to her. I said, let's talk to your mom, mm -hmm. but maybe we'll, 
and, and to your point, I saw the look of concern on her face. And right. If I could help her uh, decompress a little bit by letting her miss this first zero period because she has an early day. Right. It starts early. It's not like a class. No, it's not. So, well, it is, but it's different. Um, anyway, she, so I had to, this is, these are these things in motion, meaning that in this moment, you have to figure out and contemplate and balance a lot of things. Yeah. Your own challenges with it, how it should have been, maybe what she should have done, if it's really a big deal. This is why when people say, what should I do, black and white? There is no black and white. Right. You have to be present for what's happening in that moment. And my initial response was, the reason I'm concerned is because you were a great America all day yesterday. And I feel, I took responsibility as a parent, that I didn't make a good choice letting you go if you had all of these things to do. Yeah. What we were able to narrow down, because we're not we're not gonna make this story as long as it was, is that she thought she would be home earlier. Exactly. That was a that's an important part of the story. Like I think she thought she'd be home at five thirty. She told or me five thirty. And and she was ta- uh, a friend of hers took her, so she really had no, no control. control. And sure enough, she got home late, like nine, nine o'clock. o'clock. So why that makes an impact is Todd and I could tell when she got home that night that she was anxious that it was nine o'clock. Could feel it. But because she's aware that she had been gone all day and had asked to go all day, she didn't say to us, there were still some some things I was going to do tonight. Mm -hmm. And that was a self-preservation thing. I get it. She didn't want to like throw that red flag out there and have us go, well, why did you go to Great America then? Because- she didn't realize that she was going to get home late. Like you said, she didn't have control. So two sides of my brain are going on here. And the one that, that gave out was the, not permissive, but the, the, Allowing. the, the chill out. Uh-huh, chill out, right. The chill out, which I'm actually going to play a clip from an interview that we're going to post on Friday from John Duffy. And he talks about chilling out. But one side is chill out. It's not that big of a deal to miss a single class. This girl works her tail off and she's asking for this- A little space. A little space. And then the other side of me is- natural consequences. Right. Maybe she's supposed to fail at whatever test she's studying right. for and she'll know better the next time. Right. And I erred on the side of it's not that big of a deal to me. But my childhood had a lot to do with that. And my childhood had a lot to do with my response yes. because I struggle as a kid, I think because my parents were teachers, I never didn't go to school yeah. unless I was really, really, really sick. So the whole idea of being like, oh, I didn't study... It doesn't, like, I will tell you what I tell my college students. I'm not big about grades with them, as Todd will attest, meaning that I don't give them a ton of homework and I'm not like, oh, you know, this is how you get an A. They don't even, you yeah. know, that it's it's not like that. But I am big about them showing up. Yeah. Uh, my my thing is, you know, you, you show up because I don't know what I'm going to teach and being here mm-hmm. is 90% of the game. Well, and the danger with this is I could have or we could have uh, set a precedent. Like next time she doesn't study that much the night before, then all of a sudden she wants another note or another ex- excusable absence to bail her out. So that, you know, I don't know how we're going to handle it next time this happens. And I think that's it, Todd, is I think what we have to remember is a lot of times we have stories in our head given to us by our parents or maybe our own fears from childhood 
where we think if we do something, then it means this is what will happen next yeah, time. Right. And that's not true. Yeah. And people will say to me, well, if I do this, then they're just going to take advantage of me. Yeah. How do you know that? Yeah. And if they do, then that's a discussion that needs to happen in the moment. Yeah. You don't you don't say, well, throw up my hands. Now they're taking advantage of me. You address that because that's something that is a very good point in this situation is our daughter doesn't not go to school. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not like she's like, hmm, because the things that I had to decipher through are the emotional elements. What's going on here emotionally? Is there something I'm missing? Is she? Is there something she's afraid of? Is there something she's worried about? And once we really broke it down, she just needed to get mentally organized yeah. before she walked in that school. Yeah. So we basically bailed her out or helped her. Yeah, I was going to say. Depend, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're using the, the lacking language, bail her out. But if you're using the loving language, we supported her. Her decision. Yeah. Because what I finally said was, just so you know, this thing that you're missing this morning, you also get graded on. Mm-hmm. So if you were going to make that choice, I want you to see both sides. Yeah. I want you to understand that you're giving up this for that. Yeah. And she said, yes, I have made that decision. So um, I feel like maybe that requires a small explanation of like, what does childhood have to do with this? And maybe we'll get into it as this show sure. progresses, because a lot of the discussions you and I have, you and I have had today... Um, off ca- off camera, off mic. Off mic, yeah. Is your childhood has so much to do with everything. Everything. How you perceive the world. Anyways, so story number two. Okay. You ready? Uh, so one of my kids, uh, I was taking one kid to the dentist, John Kelly, by the way. Dr. Kelly, why don't you say who he is? Dr. So he- John Kelly. He's our dentist. And you know what he does, sweetie? What does he do, honey? Teeth whitening. Yes. So just you know why I need that tea, coffee. I don't drink pop anymore, but tea and coffee, man. So he does that. Um, If you want to know more, go to chicagodentistonline.com. And uh, he does many things, but that's one of the things. And I'm just trying to inform the audience of the different things that Dr. Kelly does. You know what? I just said I don't drink pop anymore. And yesterday I had a Coke. You you drink it every now and again. (laughs) I drink it every now and again, but I don't like saying, oh, I don't drink pop because yesterday I had Coke. You know what Dr. Oz said? What? He said, if you want to get healthy... The first thing you can do is eliminate soda out of your diet. That's when I did it. Yeah. Do you remember that? I, it I, was like two years ago. I remember him telling, I, I remember you telling me about that. And I said, I'm done. I'm going to go tea, which is still has caffeine. It's but you not know like what I'm, I did? I progressed my way. Uh, I think I started drinking like, I don't know, diet Sprite. And then I went to uh, carbonated water. Uh, LaCroix. LaCroix. I love LaCroix. So I love LaCroix. So now it's more like having a piece of chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. It's like, can I say I never drink pop? That would be a lie. Mm-hmm. But yesterday I needed it. <laughs> we had a lot going on. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself. It's kind of like that part in Uncle Buck where he's telling uh, the woman that he's going to take her kids. He's like, hey, just so you know, I quit smoking cigarettes. <laughs> I'm on a cigar now. I'm on that five-year plan. First we started with cigarettes and then cigars and then... Uh, Chewing tobacco and then dip and then that nicotine gum. <laughs> Is that what he said? Yeah. And then there's an awkward silence. Maybe I'll find that. Yeah, play. I think you should. Um, so one of my kids, uh, I was taking her to the dentist. We just got off track. I kind of like when we get off track. Sure. Um, and then the other kid wanted me to cut up an apple for her. Yes. And I'm like, all right, give me the apple. And she started messing with me. She started trying to throw it and keep it from she you. She was teasing me. She was teasing you. So listen, give me the apple if you want me to help you. I'll help you, but give me the apple. Mm-hmm. She messed with me. I'm like, well, I'm going to leave unless you give me the apple. I left out the door because we were on a, I didn't have time to mess around. Right. And I was in dad mode. I need to get this kid to the dentist. 
And then what happened? Well, let me and let me just add some emotion to that. Todd had been gone for three or four days. Then five. He, five days. And then he came home and had all these things he needed to do. And getting our daughter to the dentist was significant. And there was a lot of emotion around that because she's at a point in her um, in with her teeth that is a little more difficult. Yeah. And so there's a lot of emotion about getting her there. Yeah. So that's playing a role in what's going on. Yeah, I'm her. feeling her anxiety. You're feeling her anxiety. And then our other daughter, who's holding the apple, is trying to get attention from you, saying, cut me up an apple, Dad. Wait, do something for me, too, mm-hmm. is basically if I'm going to like See me. be her voice. Yeah. And then she and Todd are very similar in that they mess around. They do sports together. They are very similar in personality. Agreed. So she was holding on to the apple, kind of playing around. And Todd was looking at it in that moment, he doesn't normally, as a form of defiance. Yeah. Like, we you just follow through? Right. He walked out the door, and I was kind of sitting there watching the whole thing, and I was sitting in the chair, and my daughter walked to the window with her apple, watched him drive away. She was still holding the apple. She's kind of throwing it back and forth in between her hands, and like a minute went by. I didn't say anything, and she turned to me, and, she'd, and she said, Dad would have messed around with me just the same way I did with him. Yeah. She said, he would have kept the apple from me too. That's what we do. So it was a double standard I was going through. And so I said, you're right. I said, that's what you guys do, you know? And again, I'm not saying this verbatim because this was like two weeks ago, but I'm trying to give you guys the essence of the conversation. When you told me that story, by the way, my heart sank because I I did feel weird walking out in a state of disconnection. And what Todd just said is the key. I want you guys to understand that it's not about an apple and it's not about the game or them not being respectful to each other. Take all that surfacey stuff out of there. What my daughter was trying to do with him in the moment was connect, be funny, see me, let's do our thing before you leave again. Let's do our thing. He was not in a place to tolerate that. So he said he took it as defiance. He left and she watched him out the window feeling disconnected. And was, you know... Was that something that was an argument or a fight or something that we're even talking about today? I bet if I brought this up with her, she would be like, what are you talking about? Right. But what I want us to recognize is that every time we're with our kids, they're seeking that connection. And it doesn't always mean, this is what you and I talked about, Todd, it doesn't mean we have to do anything. Connection is not always about cutting up an apple. It's about not disconnecting. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Maintaining a connection may just mean sitting there. So how, because you gave me an example, like how could I have done that better? What I said to you was all she wanted was to have your thing. Yeah. So you could have been like, Funny. Kids, you're killing me. Give me the apple. Yeah. Instead, I was very businesslike, businesslike, very firm. Let me do this for you. I need to complete this task so I can move on to the next. And if you would have said, if you don't give me that apple, I'm going to come over and tickle you. Right. I'm going to pick you up. Right. Or that apple is mine. Something. Or when I get home, yeah. that apple is mine. Because then you didn't. Even, you still didn't cut up the apple, mm-hmm. but you left connected. I'm, I'm getting ready for my breakout in March, and I'm listening to a lot of John Gray. Yes. And one of the things that he says, and this is a male-female thing, so it's not exactly specific to parenting, but four most important words a man can say to a woman. I will be back. Mm. And when I left to go to the dentist with my other kid, there was none of that. I just left. Right. I just would have said, you know what, sweetie, I can't do this right now, but I will be back. Or don't even make it a thing. When I get back, that apple 
is yeah, mine. Right. B, the thing I said to Todd, we, Todd and I had took a long walk last week and we were talking about all these things about interacting with our girls and with each other. It mm-hmm. wasn't just about them. And I, I'm, you know, going to say nice things about you. You're already so nice and kind and you have such integrity and humor that you don't have to be pretend to be anything other than you are. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there that are dealing so deeply with who they are and maybe they're like don't want their kids to smoke but they smoke or they're kind of mean to everybody else but they're trying to teach their kids to be kind and they have to work through a lot of that to be in their integrity when they're tell when they tell their kids something and and when i say they have to work through it more power to them meaning i'm not judging you i'm understand i'm not judging the people who are still working through that i'm saying i get where you are and why it can be a challenge to be authentic in the moment with your kids cuz you may not fully believe what you're telling them right. do you see what i mean yeah and what I say to you is just be you and stop trying to be their dad because yes. you can show up just as you and be just as funny as they are and you are staying connected to them and you are doing everything you're trying to do with your lectures. I think you said something to me like you should talk to your to our daughters the way you talk to me. Yes. And that's still not an easy thing for me to do. Correct. Now, sometimes... I go the other way with my daughters and I'm sillier with them than I am with you. Right, and that's okay too. But yeah. but a lot of the time I feel like I'm in dad mode. Right. And what you're saying is dad mode may not be the thing that they want you to be in and nor is it necessarily the healthiest uh, role to play. What you just used the word... When you're in dad mode, you're in a role. Yeah. So they're going to treat you as your role. Yeah. Because what Todd... The girls tell me a lot of things and what Todd will say is... Why don't they share that yes. with me? And I know why. It's not because they don't trust you. It's not because they don't love you. It's not because you're not fun or they don't feel connected to you. It's because you're often in dad role. Well, and I, what I shared with you is I'm very envious of your relationship with our daughters. I mean, this is getting kind of deep, but it's true because when it hits the fan with them, they don't go to me. They go to you. They'll go to me for other things. Dad, I want to go play and you're my guy. You're my guy, right. And that's the role or that is what I'm really good at or whatever. But they go to you. If you're not around, then they'll come to me. But I'm envious of that. But I could either say, well, how come they don't do that? As if it's their problem. As if it's their problem. When I have not created the same safe environment for them to come to me with those things. And I think the next story explains yes. this really well. And so, we will get into that. But first, I want to play 60 seconds from the first half of an interview that we're going to play this Friday. So this is John Duffy. He's our one of our favorite guys. He wrote a book called The Available Parent. We have a two-part interview coming up with him starting on Friday. And I just want to give you a preview of what's to come on Friday. So here's Dr. John Duffy. Right. So I'm saying this not from a place of, oh, I would never do that, but I see it in myself. And so when a parent says, I never do that, I'm like, that makes me more scared that you're saying you never do. Right, right, right. You know? A hundred percent. And uh, and I like the word practice. Yes. Because I, you know, I think we have to look at parenting as a practice, as a verb. And, and it's something I think we're always working on. And we have to ask ourselves, is that is that coming from me? Is that my ego or my fear or my judgment that is, you know, creating the stress and the problem in this situation? Or is it, or am I really acting on behalf of my kids' best interests? And I got to say, like, smart, loving, well-intentioned parents 
can fail that pretty easily because we're stressed too. We're worried. We want our kids to be happy and on track. And so, and so we're pressing our stress on them. And, you know, to the extent that we can kind of just, you know, for lack of a nice clinical word, chill a little bit, you know what I mean? Like chill and, and, and kind of consult with them and guide them and, um, and hear them out. You know, what we, what we tend to do when we're anxious, uh, no, in any circumstance is talk a lot. Mm. So I usually tell parents, cut out your words. You're using too many words when you get anxious. You're guiding too much. You're pressing too hard. Listen more. Try to draw your kid out a little bit. All right. He's so good. He's we really like Dr. Duffy. We we had such a good conversation with him. Like Todd said, we had to split it into two. Mm-hmm. And um and some of some people may know what I'm talking about here, but when I get into deep talks, I get really cold yeah. because I go to this deep core of myself. You can't explain this. This is a spiritual thing and not everyone's gonna get this, but I get freezing mm-hmm. and I was so cold. Yeah. Meaning and I'm using cold in a good way. Yeah. Like I was at the the most you raw know place. That is a sign that, that is you a are sign. in a certain place. When I get super cold in a conversation, I get like my teeth chatter and I get goosebumps. Yeah. I know I'm in the most authentic place. And he is just a heart centered man and we really like him. He's a rock star. So next story. So another kid, it's funny, we usually don't do our podcast this way where we just tell stories of our parenting. I know, but we were, we've had so many that have been similar. Yeah. And obviously at the very end, we're going to run the string through these. Um, but this one, I think, helps understand the role we play. So one of my kids wants to go to a basketball game, a grade school basketball game. Mm-hmm. And I pick her up and I drop, I pick up her and her friend and I drop them off at the high school, which right. is where the basketball game is. And they're like... Um, they're like, do we need money? No, we don't need money. It's free. So I'm like, all right, see ya. Um, and then the other girl's dad was going to pick her up. So drop her off. I'm at home. All of a sudden, they get a phone call. It's her. And she says, I don't have any money. It's $2 to get in. I need you to come back so I can have $2. Now, the high school, <laughs> if it was across the street, I'd, I might do it. Right. I wasn't going to do it. Well, and I was there with you, and I could I could hear her, and I agreed with you. And I totally said, listen... You know, we, we, we helped her, we supported her. We said, listen, tell the person taking the money that you will give them the money on the way out when somebody picks you up. And that you give them your ID. Yeah. And so they can hold that and then you give them the money and you get your ID back. And like we were trying to give them some tools. Right. And these are not easy because you have to like, I don't know, it's not an easy thing. It was for, high school kids who were taking the money. I think so. So we're asking them to do something that's really significant. So uh, she didn't want to do that. No. I'm like, well... I don't know what to tell you. That's just the way it is. So, well, and we gave her other options. We said, are any of your friends in there? Why yeah. don't you give them a call? See if you can borrow money. Yeah, I felt pay. like this is a wonderful life lesson. Yeah. And I'm going to remove myself. You know, I, we offered a few suggestions, but we're like, hey, listen, you got to deal with this. Figure right. it out. Right. So she calls back, whatever, half but, hour later. Yeah, 30 minutes later. And says, oh, we got in. It was actually free. We didn't know it was. Great. Right? Right. So then that night. No, in that moment, I was watching you on the phone. Okay. And I was like across from you. And you were saying, well, did you ask before Mm. you called me in the first place? Why didn't you ask? Right. And you were kind of. Annoyed. Questioning her ability and skills. Like, why did you make this such a big deal before you even figured it out that you didn't need to even struggle? And what I said to you is all she wanted was to call you back and say she had been successful. Right. She didn't yes. want a, a lecture. Yeah. She wanted to say, Dad, oh my gosh, I got in. Let me tell you what happened. And then you go, because I was from afar. Do you remember I was saying, 
awesome, honey. Yeah. I was like trying to yell in the phone, like, I'm so glad that worked out. Right. So that's step one of my <laughs> not a great parenting moment of that day. My first one was that moment right. where I kind of went into lecture mode. And again, let me say, Todd was not mean. No. He was not disrespectful. See, we got to, sometimes we're like, well, I wasn't, you know, he didn't do anything in quotes wrong per se, but when she's calling to share a story, he went into a role. Yeah. Okay. So here's a great lesson, and I can't wait to teach you this lesson. So, anyways, later that night, I could not help myself, and I kind of rehashed the story again, saying, "What could you have done <laughs> to not put yourself in that position? You could have, you know." And I started getting into. You could have brought money. You could have asked. You could have asked ahead of time, and I got into all these. What could you have done? I was. I was. I was in teaching mode. I wanted to teach her how to learn from this. And what did you say to me? Well, I rolled my, I was in the office and I could hear you saying this to her on the couch and I rolled my chair backwards and I was in front of you guys. And I said, Todd, I think because she already just went through the experience, she already got the lesson. Totally. And that was, uh, it was an aha moment for me because the lesson was learned there. She's not going to learn it from me reinforcing what she made, whatever decisions she made earlier in the day. The lesson is in that life experience moment. Exactly. Why do I feel like in order for me to do my job, I have to rehash it and make sure that she learned it because these kids aren't listening to us nearly as much as we think they are. They're going to learn a lot more by experiencing it. So I should have either, either either just let it die and not bring it back up, which is what I did. I didn't. I couldn't resist having another opportunity to teach these wonderful life lessons. Mm-hmm. Or I should have said, I'm so glad that you got yourself out of that little situation. Tell me the story again. Yes. I want to hear how you handled that because the story is good. She was walking down the hallway. A girl who was older walked by. They said something like, we don't have money. And the girl said, oh, you don't have to worry about it. It's free for students. And she went, oh, my gosh. And so she and her friend went in and they were so giggly and happy and they figured it out. And she picked up the phone to share her joy with you. (laughs) And I was like upset. Yeah, he was mad. Because I was like you should have figured that out before calling me in the first place. Right. And and again, I'm I'm empathizing as much with Todd as I am with my daughter because I could, you know, and I was kind of watching from afar and just giving input. I understand why you did that because that's what you think a dad is supposed to do in a dad role. Yes, I need to I need to give her all this wisdom in order for her to be on her own and blah 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 blah. And what she just experienced was a development of her own wisdom mm-hmm. and her calling you is that's your role is to reinforce mm-hmm. her abilities. Yeah. yeah. And I would, my ego wouldn't let, let that, I would, I, I wouldn't allow her to, to celebrate that moment with me. Instead, I needed to tell her why she did it wrong. Right. And how she could have not made the mistake in the first place Yes, versus if we're even going to call not knowing a mistake. I mean, she didn't have the information. She had never been. So in itself, it's so innocent. And to ask a child to go up to a high school kid and say, I don't have money, let me in. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and that's the other thing. My adult brain is like, that's all you got to do. What's the big deal? (laughs) Well, I'm also a 43-year-old adult white male who really, you know, I she is You have a lot of privilege. I have a lot of privilege. Yeah. I have a lot of freaking privilege. And, and and to be aware of that yes. and to not impart wisdom, quote unquote, wisdom on other people and say, all you have to do is what I did. Yeah, it's because seeing the world 
it's Atticus Finch, walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. That's right. And I can't do that. I'm too, I spend all the time in my shoes. Right. It's like my friend Annie posted on Facebook a while ago, and I loved this because I think this summed up everything that privilege is. A privileged person is born on third base and thinks he hit a triple. Yeah. Or she hit. Yeah. It's this belief that you somehow earned pulled, pulled up your bootstraps and got to third base when you were born there. Well, and I've, I've shared this, but I used to get into uh, arguments with family members at Christmas when I was a younger man. I, I had this knowledge even when I was a younger man. That doesn't mean I'm perfect, but I knew because I was born a white male on this planet, I was so lucky and privileged and I was going to get things were going to come much easier to me because of that. And I would get into arguments with people saying, it's not fair that two people um, that have the same qualifications has to go to a minority because of affirmative action or whatever. I'm like, you know what? You don't have any idea what you're talking about. You don't about. have any idea what you're talking about. And you can you can focus in on a topic about, you know, you, we can be like, well, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. It's the recognition that we were born on third base. Yes. And if you recognize that, it helps you understand and see the world differently. And you don't assume that people should do or can do everything the way you did it yeah. because they didn't have those pathways laid out for them. They didn't have people looking at them already with a sense of trust. They didn't have people seeing their sameness. Yeah. People saw their differences. Well, and this is Brian Stevenson. He talks about proximity. Yes. And I'm, I'm a white male living in a suburb of Chicago. One thing I learned this weekend was I had proximity with a bunch of African-American men who have had a lot of struggles in their life. And it gives, it just increases my ability to have compassion and empathy. And awareness. And awareness for what they have had to deal with that I have never had to deal with. Mm -hmm. And the only way to, one of the easiest ways to kind of have that compassion is to put yourself close to these people right. and help them. And I was help, I, I was so blessed to be in a position to help these men. And I'm so grateful for that. And, and help them, again, let's expand the word help, love them, mm -hmm. see them, mm -hmm. see the sameness, connect, trust, honor. It's not all about here's something. Well, and not only that, I'm learning a heck of a lot about exactly. myself From as a result them. of these men are my teachers. Thank you. Yes. So. Yes. And so the reason that we're saying this is because I think a lot of times the reason we fight this awareness is because we feel guilty about what we were born with. Yeah. And feeling guilty, as we know, or shamed, only drains your energy and keeps you from having any ability to make change. Yeah. Take your awareness about being born on third base or second, mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe some people, you know, like as a woman, I spent a lot of time last night kind of explaining to you the challenges I have as a woman mm -hmm. in the work world, in the world of family and expectation and domesticity. Is yeah. that a word? Domesticity? Yes. You know, like there's a lot of... You know, challenges that women have too that I think men have a hard time understanding yeah. because they don't experience it. And Gloria Steinem was on uh, Super Soul Sunday yesterday. So she's just one of my heroes as far as anybody who, and again, you're obviously always welcome to your opinion, but anybody who in my presence rips on Gloria Steinem or Oprah, I am very challenged because yeah. I don't think as women we have an understanding of what these women are doing for us and have done for us. 
And when we, when we tear them down, there's a piece of, I can tell there's not an awareness there. Quick sidebar. Yes, yes. So there was a really good special on Gloria Steinem. I happened to fall asleep because I was really tired from the weekend. The Super Soul Sunday. Super yes. Soul Sunday. And our daughter was there. Yes. And you invited her to watch it. Yeah. I said, I think you might be interested in this. I said, I want you to know who this woman is, even though she knows her because we watched the documentary together yeah. about women's movement. So um, you invited her too. She watched the first five minutes, said she got bored, and we allowed her to go about doing what sure. she was doing. I said, if you're if you're struggling here, go back and do what you were and doing. And that's what she did. And I think that that's an important thing because I my childhood baggage, my dad be like, kids... Get down. We're watching. There's a there's a 2020 on, you know, drugs and alcohol, and you're watching it. <laughs> right. And I don't know. All we can do is lead our kids to the water. We can't make them drink it. And I, the reason that that's so easy for me is because sometimes I'm laying there. There's certain masterclass and uh, Super Soul Sunday on the own channel or two are my favorite shows. And a lot of times when I'm laying there watching it, the girls join me on their own. Yeah. Choice. Yes. And they just lay there and they ask questions and I'm not forcing it. And if they get up and leave, I don't care. Mm -hmm. That freedom allows them to learn on their own terms. And I, I'm not even going to call it learn, enjoy, appreciate, take it in. And you know what she said to me? What? Because Ellen DeGeneres came on next. Yeah. She said, save this one for me mm. because she was in the middle of her show, but she had her earphones on. She said, save this but one. But for complete authenticity and honesty... Would you agree that there is at least a part of you that wishes she would have watched oh, it? Oh, of course, because yeah. that's the mom role. Yeah. See, I'm not any different than you are, Todd. Yeah. I have the same drive and desire to be a teacher yeah. and to mold and to you know tell her how to do things. It's okay. Shafali had this great quote uh, a week ago, and I think she actually wrote a blog about it. Keep your feelings. Check your reactions. Yeah. My feelings are just like yours Love are. It. Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. I I have the same feelings that everybody has. I am no different than anybody. The work, the practice is check your reactions. Who said that? Shfali. Oh, it's good. Yeah. She has a whole blog about it, but it was from a week or two ago, so I don't know if I could pull it up fast for you. I would love to meet her. I wonder if there's any uh, place that we might be able to meet her. <laughs> By the way, Shvali's our friend, and she is speaking at our conference. Yeah, in March, she's our so. keynote. So she's, she's good. Uh, there, that in itself takes you off the hook because you guys, this is not about being good or better or smarter or more aware than someone else. There's no competition. It's about recognizing yourself. The best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. If you recognize where you are above the line, below the line, mm -hmm. for those of you that you know listened last week, you can make a a heart-centered choice yeah. with your children. Yeah. You can check your reactions. Of course I want her to watch Gloria Steinem with me. Yeah. I have three daughters. Yeah. I want them to know who this woman is. But forcing her to watch Gloria Steinem takes her a totally different direction. Right. It becomes, like you said, baggage. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. She, when she, and they, and like I said, they've already watched a documentary about women with me. They've already gone through these BU things with us. They know and yeah. when, and it's okay that she occasionally wants to watch a show that's, you know, once upon a time. Yes, yes. You know, she's a kid. So anyway, do you want to share the last story or do, should we move on? I think we should move on. Okay. Um, because I think that's a pretty intricate story okay. and we need to give it its due time. Okay. But a few things I did want to share is we've been getting some wonderful iTunes reviews um, we got one from 
uh, I don't know who it's from, but the title is Best Parenting Podcast for Keeping Balance in This Busy World. Oh, by Corinne. Corinne T. Thank you, Corinne T. Got another good one from First Time Mom and Stepmom. Um, oh, that was the title, but it's from D. Watley 13. Remember Watley from Seinfeld? I do. What was his first name? Um, he Give me a shtickle of fluoride. He, he switched to Judaism <laughs> yeah, for the jokes. For the jokes. Or so Jerry thought. And you know who that is? Uh, that is Kurt. Uh, no, not Kurt. Um, He's the breaking, Brian Cranston. Oh, yeah, He's yeah, the yeah, breaking yeah. bad guy. You're right, you're right. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a guy from Major League, but anyways, forget mm-hmm. it. Um, then there's another iTunes review from Enlightened Mama. She called it awesomeness and wrote a nice long paragraph. We, we read that one last oh, week. Oh, we did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then I read the next one too. So um, one quick um, Tournament of Bad. You ready for the Tournament of Bad? I am. Tournament of Bad. Tournament of Bad. Tournament of Bad. Grocery store. Yeah. Strawberries. <laughs> Do they... Put the bad ones on the bottom. Yes, that's why you have to flip it over. So there is some mechanistic uh, plan. No, I think it's because they're no. at the bottom; they get smushed. And I'm saying they they have a they have two buckets. They have a good bucket and a bad bucket. It's not done by hand; it's a machine. I'm telling you, there's a machine that can tell <laughs> good strawberries and about to turn bad strawberries. And they, they put the about to turn bad strawberries on the bottom. They're tricking us. They're tricking us. Do you know what it reminds me of? Sometimes uh, my youngest, Skylar, orders a, like a fruit cup. Yeah. And there's always like one strawberry on exactly. top. And underneath it's just a bunch of cantaloupe. A bunch of cantaloupe <laughs> and melon. But I, I'm, I have a new love for melon now. Yeah, melon's good. Green, cold, cold mm-hmm. melon. I agree. I think it's just because it's hard to like cut or something. What's the deal with that? A lot of seeds in the middle. Yeah, you got to like, if you're going to do it, you got to bring that melon home, cut it up, put it in a container or else it's just never going to It's going to go bad. Yeah. It's going to go bad. It's never going to happen. Pineapple. Same thing. Kind of a pain. It seems funny to buy a pineapple. What's the easiest food? Banana? Banana for sure. Apple to me. Apple. Uh, oranges are not easy, but if you get the clementines, the little little ones, they're yeah. they're pretty. Did they great. have clementines when we were little kids? I don't know. I feel I like they remember. just somebody just created that. It's like a made up fruit. Like Honeycrisp apples, they didn't exist when we were little. Really? They did not. I, I heard a whole NPR podcast on it. They're the best. And it's some guy walking through apple orchard, and he's crossbreeding all these different apple trees, and finally he tasted a Honeycrisp, and he named it a Honeycrisp, and. N- I, I don't know. I don't know about everybody else, but Honeycrisp was by far the best type of oh, apple out there. Love it. Do you know what I have every day that I love? What? A full lemon. Yeah. I eat a full... You do too. Yeah. Because it's in our smoothie. Smoothie, Vitamix. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We, Todd our, likes to talk about Vitamix. I haven't talked about them in months, but we do have an affiliate relationship with them that'll get you free shipping. But if you get it, it's a it's a smoothie maker. Yes, it's and, a smoothie maker. And so we you know put all this stuff in there. We have one every day and... I put a full lemon, and sometimes when I say that to people, they're like, oh my gosh, because sometimes you just take a little lemon wedge and it's yeah. lemony enough. No. I'm telling you guys, it's the best. And it's a purifying fruit. It is the best thing you can put through your body. So if you And we've been drinking smoothies every day for the last like six years of our life, yeah. and that machine is quite incredible. So if you're going to get a Vitamix, get free shipping by going to our show notes, because there's a coupon code in there. What's what's the coupon code, just in it's case? It's in the show notes. I don't have it in oh, front of me. Oh, you don't have it. Okay. Otherwise, I will. Or email us, comments at zenparentingradio.com. Um, our last partner is Avid Company. And don't forget, they do um, fire and flood restoration. Nice. So in case there's crisis that happens, uh, Jeremy Kraft, he's the owner. He can help you out. 630-956-1800, avidco.net. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting a bunch of things to talk about, but 
Maybe not. We got know. our we got it going. It's good. Just uh, listen. We have so we have a show Friday then. We have a show this Friday. First part of a two part interview. I think we're going to do it two consecutive Fridays. So in a row. just again, for so you guys know, it's with Dr. Duffy. We we consider him our teenager expert because his whole practice tends to be dedicated to teenagers. And as he said, he didn't know it was going to turn out that way, but he does uh, work with them. So anything you can think about when it comes to your teenagers, heavy stuff. We talk about some heavy stuff. And he's going to be um, there for our conference. Correct. He's one of our amazing speakers. Um, words of wisdom. Be conscious of where you are when you're talking to your kids. Try and pull yourself out of the role of being a parent and be someone that loves them and is supportive of them. It's not something that may happen every single time, but if you can make that a practice, your relationship with them is going to be so much more connected. It's very similar to mine, actually. What do you mean? What, My what's words, your words of wisdom. What's your words? Keep trucking. <laughs> See you guys next week. That's our show, friends. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt outstanding. And if you want to continue feeling this outstanding, go to zenparentingradio.com and subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, feel free to give us a kind review. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. To reach us, you can send us a message at comments at zenparentingradio.com or you can record a voice message through our website and ask any question you want. Go to Amazon or our website to find Kathy's first two books and her most recent award-winning book, Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn, The Power of Self-Aware Parenting. You can also subscribe to her Practicing Realness blog for her most up-to-date writing. If you're interested in The Tribe, the men's group that I co-facilitate, go to thetribemensgroup.com. We're grateful for your support and encouragement. We only ask that you give the same to yourself and the people you love most. Until next time. Mm-hmm.